All right, here we are, Geocast 32. Just finished an incredible week at Rhythmia. Um, had a few friends in town, good friends, um, joining me on this journey. And I think last we left off was with, um, you know, going into fear. My last journey here was all about fear and so many realizations that I was able to start to in integrate into my everyday life. And, you know, I'm so grateful for Ayahuasca, probably one of my greatest teachers and the lessons that she's, she's given me. Um, but it doesn't stop there. You know, the real key is to, to integrate, to have the courage, confidence, discipline, to start having those hard conversations, doing the things that are hard that you know have to happen. And so I came into this week, you know, as we're going through this transition at Elemental Wellness Studio in Bonn, um, which we've decided to close down, unfortunately. It was one of the hardest decisions of my life. Um, and it was one of my biggest fears, you know, when we opened about potentially going bankrupt and having all these personal guarantees and all this money invested and how to kind of like tell the community and the people who work there and deal with the landlord and the bank and all these fears that came with a point that it was the only decision I had left to make, so I had to make it. And the biggest thing through that whole process was like, how I need to show up in integrity through the whole thing with everyone, with the, with the clients, with the bank, with the landlord, and really just show up and not to have fear and to have faith. And that was, that was what came up in the last experience. So I'll talk a little bit more about that later. And so I came in here and asked a question about integrity. You're like, what is integrity? It's a word, you know, we, we have all these words and these definitions and these, you know, conceptual meanings of things, concepts. And I remember having the same kind of mindset when I first got into philosophy and religion and I was trying to understand things with my mind and of course that's where you start you know but then the universe the God or the world's going to start to challenge you to show you like what they really mean you know what it really means and that's and that experience is where you get the essence you know the subtleties of each of these concepts these themes and you know it's also you know as you know into the gene keys and learning about that and and really just trying to understand how that all fits in, you know, this complexity to simplicity, um, one of my gene keys, and half-heartedness through commitment to devotion. And so as I went into integrity the first night, you know, I was like, okay, let's explore this a little bit more. Like, what does it really mean? And I remember, you know, taking a few cups, uh, very strong medicine, and, and I was starting to feel it come on, a lot of visuals. I remember hearing when the guitarists make a mistake on the guitar. We were at Rhythmia, world-class uh, ayahuasca center, um, probably one of the most incredible places on the planet. And I remember thinking, oh man, how did they screw up? You know, this is Rhythmia getting irritated, getting frustrated, expecting more, you know? And I started going into this area of judgment. And the ayahuasca said, yeah, you want to learn about integrity. First, you have to really do a deep dive on judgment. And I just started seeing all these aspects of my life where you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm a judgmental person, but you, you know, you're always judging people. You have impressions of them. They're a certain way, you know, like, um, you know, you just have had this lens through which you see the world with your beliefs and it's, it's hard not to judge. Um, and I started finding, I started realizing that a lot of people that I love the most, you know, I have a really good barrier and boundary when I'm working with clients as a coach. Um, but the people I love, I'm a little bit more, I push on them a little bit more because I want them to do better and I want them to, to transform and change and evolve. And I realized in that moment that, you know, it may not be coming across that way. And it reminded me of an earlier story of a time we were in Peru. And we were up at the Rainbow Mountain 
and it was a high, high, high elevation. We went all the way to the top and some people went on horse uh, donkeys halfway up and some people walked it. And hours later we get back down and everyone's tired and hungry. We actually started the morning, went to this restaurant, 4 a.m. It was freezing cold. We didn't even have enough food to feed us. The coffee, they didn't even have any coffee and we were just like already cranky. Come back, one of the guys forgets his bag at the top of the mountain. And we're all like, oh, and he has passport in there and everything. So we have to go back up and get it. So we have to wait another two hours for him to run up and run back down. And so we're back on the bus and um, everyone was feeling it. And the leader, JJ, was like, okay, we're going to go back to uh, that place for lunch. And everyone was just like, had enough, but no one wanted to really say anything. And one of our friends, Jason, just was like, there's no effing way we're going back to that place. Like something like, I'll, I'll pay them so we don't have to go. There's no way we're going back. And, you know, said what, what everyone wanted to say, but didn't really have, um, I don't know, the ability to say it. And the silence was deafening. And I know JJ took it really hard. And it was a cultural thing. Like once you made a commitment there, it was like really bad to do that. But we ended up going somewhere else on an amazing lunch. And one of the other guys on the trip, Tom, came up to Jason after and said, you know, truth without compassion can be interpreted as a weapon, can be received as a weapon. And it's so true. You know, sometimes we're saying things and we want to get a point across. Sometimes, yeah, it can be aggressive or in anger. But, you know, your message without compassion can be taken that way. And as I was reflecting on that, I saw how trying to help people, especially family and friends and just being on them and like about food and about breath work and meditation and personal development, they're receiving it as I'm judging them. And it wasn't my intention. And it kind of hit me in a way, it was like, oh man, like I got to change that. Like it, it wouldn't feel good. And it's probably actually working against my intention is to actually help them. It's probably doing the opposite. It's getting them to push back and not want to do it or feel bad about themselves or whatever. It was a huge eye opener for me. And all of a sudden I started seeing all these people and I, I start moving into what I call the arena of judgment. It was like this Coliseum, it had actually stadium lights. And I just see all these faces, some I can make out, some are in the crowd. And they're all like complaining and saying things and they're judging me. And, you know, wanting to be defensive and all this shit, I saw the only thing I could do was to go inward and see where I judged myself. And it took me back to my teenage years. And, you know, like a teenage boy growing up, chasing girls, you know, trying to get laid, you know, such a, so much pressure in the media, not the media, like in movies and, you know, all of these sexy women. I remember wrestlers and like, it, it was just there. It was just this like this, this sexuality out in, in the open and just feeling really not good about myself because I didn't have a girlfriend and I, I wasn't good at picking up girls and I had acne and, and all these things. And I was just like so hard on myself. I'm not good enough. What's wrong with me? I'm never going to find a girl. And I just felt what that felt like, the self-judgment. And, you know, eventually when it did happen, it was meaningless. It was so like, like all that for this. But what it led me to was this journey of, of self-improvement, you know, to try to be better, to learn an instrument, to work out at the gym, to, to really try to, to make myself a better person. Although the objective was probably not in alignment with why I should have been doing that, but it was what kind of sparked that. And, and I started seeing how in that moment, like, like how easy it is to judge ourselves and how we hold these beliefs for a long time. And it started showing me how, how my whole life I've been trying to prove myself. And it probably comes from before that, but it was a pattern. And even in these moments where I was helping people, I realized then that not only 
is it coming off wrong? But there's kind of entangled in that intention. There's a bit of me trying to prove myself still, to prove that I'm valuable, to prove that I can help them, to want to be of worth. And I was like, man, this is like a, a wound. This desire is rooted in a wound of me needing to prove myself. And, you know, this strive for perfection that we all, all, all try to attain, you know, and we look at other things like Instagram and social media and how perfect everything seems when in reality it's not. And it was showing me how there's nothing perfect in this world, a singular thing, perfect car, perfect beach, the perfect whatever, woman, man, you know, it's a concept. The construct of your, your your reality and the lens which you see the world and it was showing me how when you strive for, for, for perfection you're always going to come short it's never going to be good enough and i was like man it's so true so what does that mean you stop trying i was like no everything is perfect the way it is everything is perfect the way it is and that's the perfection is how things unfold and how things evolve and how those imperfections and that self Reflection and realizing can help you to either transform and evolve or beat yourself up over it. I started hearing the guitar again. And it was amazing. And the ayahuasca said, yeah, the guitarist knew that he screwed up. But what happened? It brought his awareness even deeper into the guitar playing. And as he focused more, it kept getting better and better until it was just so perfect. And even that little flaw was perfect because it had the evolution of this song written within it. You know, and what's that evolution of the song within your life? Of how, you know, we start off as imperfect and just all we have to do in that paradox of perfection is everything is perfect and nothing can be perfect at the same time. Is, is to just try your best. To just try your best and find your passion. And don't strive for perfection. Find the things that light you up and dive deeper into that. And I just sat there laying back. I was like, wow, what a gift. What a shift in perspective. And so I took that into the second night ceremony. And um, even when I shared it, I shared it in a way that I probably shouldn't have. Got a little bit of trouble for it too. Because I said something that I probably shouldn't have said. And I, could, I saw my ego even there trying to share in a way that I was like, I'm special. Or I'm whatever it was so subtle and it was so like subtle but became so obvious unconscious to conscious it's okay i gotta change that too and so the next night what i realized was my intention was moving to desire learn about desire and desire as you know it's also in my gene keys and it transforms from desire to lightness to rapture and looking at desire, it was just showing me all of these things that I want or people want, like desire for money, desire for friendship, desire for anything. And the difference between needs, which everyone has needs, you know, needs are real, uh, but desires are always based in a wound. Desires are always based in something that you feel you need to go and get it, even though it might not even be what you really want, you know, um, because the wound actually hijacks us a little bit and causes us to need to um, compensate for that wound within us those feelings the self-doubt and i started seeing all of these these things as desires um and was able to start to transform that within myself through awareness because now that you see where these things are coming from where the root is at and how it's attached to envy and jealousy and shame 
it's all based in these desires and inability or ability to meet them. You see other people with things, you know, or the desire for security and safety, which a lot of times comes through money. And as I was able to kind of let that go, I went out to sit on the hammock just over back here. And for five minutes, the ayahuasca showed me what it could feel like to not have any desires. Not have any desires. You know, these tendencies to want to put some mamba in or to smoke some tobacco, which is like so unnecessary. But just showed me like what it could feel like. And it was the most incredible feeling. Peace, quiet. This racing mind I've had all my life thinking about the next thing I'm going to do. Like there was all these desires that were tied to these wounds. I could see that as a kid growing up, just like, what do I do next? This kind of like striving to be a serial entrepreneur, you know, this want to kind of like make it, like all of these things. And it showed me what it would feel like, what's possible. Now I have a lot of work to do still because these programs, they, they're, they, they fire and wire these, these neurons that kind of create this kind of pattern and program that's kind of like trying to keep us safe and, and, uh, based on these fears that are probably not real or not true. But it gave me some hope and direction into how I can transform that. And through that, you know, continue this transformational path in my life. And so I'm super grateful. And it was such a beautiful ceremony. Um, and I invite you to look within, to see if any of these things show up in your life. You know, and try to trace it back to, like, where do the beliefs come from? Where does this belief actually stem? Is there a wound within me? You know, there's 18 core wounds. You can check them out on our website, Elemental Rhythm, and our personal development school. We'll talk about core wounds. Or By Learning Love, the book by Tace Gibson is amazing. And once you have this framework to start seeing, you start having this map to piece it together, how your emotions lead back to your thoughts, lead back to your beliefs. And when you change the beliefs, it sends this ripple effect out. So you might believe something, and it's crazy to think crazy things and make judgments and like try to figure out, and then you react emotionally. But when the belief is gone, you know, it changes everything. And what the moral of the story was, like, I was kind of concerned. It's like, okay, like, what's life like without any desire? We get boring or whatever. It's like, no. You have all this energy to print your passion because you're not driven by fear or driven by these little subconscious, subtle energies that you're trying to compensate for. You can really dive into passion and really commit yourself and devote yourself to things that are important to you, to things that you're curious about, things that you want to create. And it opens up this whole different energy within you. And it was amazing. It was amazing. So I hope you found some value in this. I'll share the next two nights in another video, episode 33. Um, and yeah, please connect. Let me know if it resonates. Elemental Geo on Instagram. And um, yeah, thank you so much.